Hey guys, believe it or not, Superbad just turned 10 years old. For the anniversary, The Ringer talked to everyone involved, from Seth Rogen to Jonah Hill to Judd Apatow, to get all the details on the making of the seminal teen comedy. Head to TheRinger.com now, well, after you listen to Binge Mode, to read about casting McLovin, Michael Sarah pounding orange-flavored vodka, and the birth of the acronym DTF. And now, binge mode. Hey, Grandmaster Picel. Can you tell us the warning about binge mode's adult content? Well, the thing about, the thing about binge mode is uh, binge mode contains <laughs> adult situations. Contains violence and sex. <sighs> Never mind. Here's binge mode. I have consulted with the High Septon, and he assures me that their crimes against the realm free you from any promise you have made to them in the sight of the gods. The gods are good. I am free to heed my heart. Solaris, I will gladly wed your sweet sister. You will be my queen, and I will love you from this day until my last day. Hello, and welcome to Binge Mode. I'm Mallory Rubin, deputy editor of TheRinger.com. Joining me today, now that he's finished rejecting a very appealing and sensibly priced travel offer to sail to Pentos, it's Ringer staff writer and your maester, Jason Concepcion. Woo! Jason. Let's do this. Buddy, they burned it down. That's right. They burned everything. <gasps> but not everything. That's right. Not us. We're still here. We're here. We're rewatching all 60 episodes of Game of Thrones. We are deep diving one episode at a time. The binge remembers. That's right. Spoiler warning for all of you. We will be going deep on details from show and book alike this season and beyond. But forget the milk of the poppy. We need our wits Mm. about us. It is time to break down the season two finale, as Chris Harrison would say. That's right. Finale. (laughs) Balamagules. All right, Jason. Yeah. Maybe we're dead and we just don't know it yet. Could be. Maybe we're with our listeners in the Nightlands. Ah, the Nightlands. Either way, it is time to take a quick trip down our very own King's Road and offer up a brief refresher on the key happenings in this 10th installment. In King's Landing, Tyrion comes to after the battle and he's in bad shape. Oh, yeah. His face is all carved up. Bronn is no longer in charge of the City Watch. Tyrion's hill tribes are gone. Tyrion is no longer hand. Because Tywin is savior of the city in the hand of the king. Loras in the throne room. Joffrey gathering the heroes of the of the defense of the city together. Loras makes sure to uh, tell Joffrey that Marjorie, still a virgin, guys. And uh, Marjorie, when asked about uh, her feelings for Joffrey, announces to court that, uh, you know, I've been watching you from afar and hearing your tales of bravery, King Joffrey, and those tales have taken root inside of me. Marjorie Tyrell, folks. 
She knows what she's doing. Sansa, freed of her marriage pact with Joff, has about three seconds of happiness before Littlefinger, the new Lord of Harrenhal, tells her, actually, uh, you're in a much more tenuous situation because you have absolutely no value now. Joffrey can kill you! How's that feel? Speaking of Littlefinger, Varys visits Roz, offers her a partnership of sorts in exchange for turning on Littlefinger and acting as one of Varys' spies. Shay and Tyrion... Shay wants to leave the city. Tyrion can't. She wants to flee to the east. She wants to live out the, uh, the her ethos, EDFL, eat, drink, fuck, live. He tells her, no, I have to stay. Good life motto, man. In the Riverlands. Eat, drink, fuck, live. Meanwhile, Brienne and Jamie, they're, they're doing a few of those things, but definitely right. not all of them. And Jamie is just mercilessly teasing Brienne about how she's never ditched her V-card. Right. Does he, you know, would she like to feel like a woman? And they, they come across a Stark <laughs> patrol and a few hanging Stark victims. They lay with tree. lions. They lay with lions. Brienne proves a little something to herself, but also to Jamie. She takes these men down when they try to apprehend them. Over at Rob's camp, meanwhile, Kat, who, of course, sent Brienne and Jamie on this journey, she is advising Rob to think with his head, with the right head, not the other head, Rob. Come on, focus. He is going to humiliate Walter Frey, a dangerous man, she reminds him, by setting aside the marriage pact that Rob made with the Freys in order to follow his heart and be with Delisa. Treat your oaths recklessly and your men will do the same, she yes. tells him. And he, you know, he rightly points out that she lost the moral high ground when she released Jamie, but he's kind of focusing on the wrong thing here. And ultimately, he does decide to elope with Talisa. They tie the knot. They Yay. say the words. It's... One of the show's few weddings, guys, that doesn't one? immediately right. lead to murder and or destruction of some sort. Uh, also, Hot Pie, Arya, Gendry, on the road, away from Hall, and they come across Jockin. How did he find them? That's your question, after all that you have seen? Uh, he is an assassin of the Faceless Men of Bravos, and he invites Arya to come train with him. And she says she's got she's got her own thing that she's focusing on, but he gives her a coin and a way to find him should she be ready. Over in Dragonstone, the loser's locker room, Stannis, stewing <laughs> in his defeat, dials into the Lord of Light customer support. Like, I thought you saw my victory in the flames! And in his wrath, he grabs Melisandre around the throat, strangles her. Show me how you fight now. Where is your Lord of Light? She promises him ultimate victory. He is the chosen one. And then she takes him over to the flames and shows him in the flames. Do you see my king? And he does. Definitely not the chosen one. Yeah. Theon. Up in Winterfell, he and his prize under siege from an unknown northern army, which will turn out, of course, to be Ramsay Bolton and crew standing outside the wall, blowing a horn and driving <laughs> Theon mad. Lewin, his last attempt at offering counsel as a maester, he begs Theon to seek refuge at the wall. Theon can't do it, guys. Never one to listen to good advice. He makes a rousing call to arms, gives a heroic death speech that ends when uh, his own dudes knock him out cold. Lewin protesting. What are you guys doing? He's your dude. Gets stabbed in the gut with a spear. Very sad. He will ultimately die. This is after the Ironborn abandoned. Theon abandoned the castle. And Osha Hoder 
Bran, Rickon, the wolves, they come up from the crypts. They find that their home has been burnt. And they find Lewin out in the godswood, resting against the tree, dying under the heart tree. It's very sad. It's very emotional. And Lewin is giving them advice, giving them counsel to his last breath. Flee north. Too many enemies in the south. Go to Castle Black. Find John. Osha gives Lewin the gift of mercy. Sends him on his way. It's very sad. In Karth, Danny enters the house of the undying in search of her children. As she walks, you did not through, grow them in your womb. <laughs> as she walks through the uh, the glamoured interior of this weird tower, she has visions, uh, illusions, prophecies. We don't know. She presses on to find her dragons chained, and Daenerys issues the the Valerian word Dracarys, and they burn Piat Pri, who dies screaming. She leaves with her babies, finds Zaro in bed with Doria. She takes her vengeance by locking them in Zaro's empty, supposedly unbreakable into vault. God, I have the ships. Hold on, I'm the king. No, sorry. Her Dothraki sack Zaro's villa um, and use the proceeds. They plan to use the proceeds to buy her some ships. Finally, north of the wall, Corrin Halfhand sets his master plan in motion. He attacks John says all those mean, hurtful things that everybody knows will provoke John into action. And the wildlings, of course, they let them fight. And Corrin, he really sells it. He gets John to deliver the fatal stroke. John does kill him. And he's in. He's in. You know, Egret says, you can tell Mance this is the man who killed Corrin Halfhand. And he is. That's that what he a did. Little, a little easy, by the way. Yeah. He's like, take the manacles off. He's good. <laughs> he's all good. He's all good. And the wildlings do. They take him to the edge where he looks down upon Mance's massive camp, yeah. seeing the largest for once host the ever threat. Seen. The threat that will march on the wall. And then finally, over by the fist, Sam, Gran Ed. They're just out there, just digging for shit. Is that goat shit? Is that <laughs> moose shit? <laughs> Which one's going to burn better? And then they hear it. Run! Three blasts. That's three, right? Three Am blasts, I crazy, guys. guys? Uh oh. Walkers. The first one, I'm sure, that was one. The second <laughs> one, is it, did they bl- There's three, right? That's White Walkers? Sam read it in a book, guys. You better run. All right. The White Walkers are officially back. They are marching on the fist. And that is how the season concludes with our hearts pounding in our chests and Sam's urine streaming down his Uh, legs. All right, Jason. For once. (laughs) For once. It'll, It'll ice up in a hurry. Jason, as Ed would tell us, People shouldn't live anywhere they need to burn shit to keep warm. But, you know, in times of peril, circumstances are rarely ideal. And that gets us right to this episode's big idea. So let's cut to the core of it. Let's stick it with the pointy end. Yes. The defining theme of the season two finale, finale, is winning the battle, but maybe not the war. So in the season two finale, finale, our heroes, they're coming to grips with their shifting circumstances. You know, obviously not yep. everybody in the show was involved in Blackwater, but there were monumental events occurring for pretty much every character. And on the heels of the epic battle or those bits of progress or regression, realizing that one victory 
doesn't make them conquerors. We've heard this before. But just as crucially, realizing that one defeat doesn't necessarily mean they are completely wiped off the board. So, you know, as usual, some people are learning this lesson better than others. Some people have a little more court awareness than others. And let's start by talking about this new budding alliance that ultimately sealed the victory of Blackwater and that takes center stage in this finale, the Lannister-Tyrell Alliance. These are two of the most powerful families in the realm currently, the richest, certainly. Uh, And the Lannisters and the Tyrells have a very specific problem that they need to solve in the wake of Blackwater, and that's the question of legitimacy. The rumors about Joffrey's parentage are everywhere in the cap in the in the capital, all over the country, right? Marjorie is known is best known as the former Queen of Renly. Yeah. Uh, thus, the importance of of Loras saying, uh, "Your Grace, my sister Marjorie, her husband was taken from us uh, before anything could go down." Wink, 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 <laughs> wink, wink, wink. Um, and thus, this kind of show that they put on in the throne room—it's very important that they that they show number one that they're up, that they're very respectful of existing norms. Joffrey, you know, it's wait now, hold on a second. I am I am promised to another. I cannot simply put her aside, can I? And then Master Pycel comes up. Oh, actually, Your Grace, the precedent say, you know, and this is very important because this alliance is the one. It's if it's going to work, it has to be seen as legitimate in the eyes of everyone. Uh, Marjorie's wedding, there can't be any question that she was a virgin when she marries Joffrey. Joffrey, there cannot be any question that he put Sansa aside in the most lawful and upright manner. It cannot be seen that anybody is too eager to let this happen. Uh, What a play that they put on and necessary. That's how you win the peace after the war. It makes me think back to something Cersei says earlier in the season, actually, about what is ruling. It's lying in a bed of weeds, right? Ripping them out before they can strangle you. It's never just about one battle, even one as monumental as the one they just survived. It's It's forever. Ruling is a forever war. Every day. Exactly. And Stannis is learning this, too. It is every day. It's not just the one battle. He's used to winning, right? right? One of the reasons that you're so fond of Stannis, more than most, dare I say, is because of his acume on the battlefield. Book Stannis, I must, I must, I must protest. Book Stannis is pretty good. He's used to winning. Yes. This is a rare L for him. And he's ready to give up because he's so, he's not familiar. He wanted to die on the battlements. He did not want to be dragged away. Right. There were two two palatable options for him. Win and take the throne that, guys, I'm not sure if you heard, but it's his. By right. By right. All those oppose me are foes. (laughs) He either wanted that or he wanted to go down literally swinging, swinging his sword. This is an unacceptable outcome to him, as is feeling like he was duped and deceived because he prides himself on logic reason abiding by the letter of the law he took a really unconventional path here and now he's really struggling to come to grips with it he basically thinks that because he lost this battle it means not only that he lost the war but that he should give up on even thinking about the war you know and melisandre is pretty like offended by this right right? he says you think you saw you said you saw my victory in the flames she says i did i I still see still 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 She's not letting this one go. And he says, the flames lied. I'm no better than a savage. 
trusting in a fire god. She's forced to sort of defend her, yeah. her entire kind of MO here, you know, saying that the Lord of Light only allows her glimpses. She's interpreting. She's not speaking for <laughs> this her is god. The, this is the small print that they never She's tell you. I've seen it. You know, she literally says this to him. She says, will you quit the war just yeah. because you lost a battle? And he's like, you talk about war like you understand it. She says... I've been fighting far longer than you. An interesting little age hint there. Very subtle. How old is she really? Um, Tyrion. He won the battle. Will he lose the war? I think it's... Uh, that is a possibility right now. It's like Tyrion went from a position of immense power and responsibility to he's got his face cut open. Pycelle is standing over him, laughing, lording what over him. What a dick. Yeah. When he tosses the coin, he's like, for your troubles. Yeah. Uh, stunning defeat is the hand of your father. Uh, by the way, you are no longer hand of the king. Uh, and then he proceeds to uh, you know, tell him Basically, how vulnerable he is. He loves this, especially after, you know, the way that Tyrion had him thrown in the freaking black cells. Varys comes over and lets him know, hey, um, FYI, we're never going to forget what you did, but Bronn is not in control of the gold cloaks anymore. Uh, your hill tribes are not here. Your father paid them off quite quickly. Um, and your sister probably wants you dead. So keep Podrick close and your head on a swivel, and uh, here's Shay. <laughs> here's a tempting offer. Yeah. It's fascinating that someone who we awarded our champion's purse last episode, right. we celebrated his, his grasp of tactics, his strategy, his execution, his leadership, his bravery, real, real Gryffindor shit from yeah. Tyrion in Blackwater. And yet it is not actually clear as soon as the next episode right. whether not only is he going to win or lose the war, did he even win the battle? Right. Because if you're immediately in the fucking dungeons with your face sliced open and right. none of your allies are all pulled away from you, even Varys, who you think finally this one person, your intellectual equal, right. someone you see eye to eye with and can scheme with and can plot with, they're the same thing. He's like, we're and not going to see each other for way, a while. I can't really be seen with you for a little while. Can't like, come by. Maybe tough right now. Leave your window open. Yeah. Leave, you know, I'll try to sneak in. I'll climb the lattice. But, you know, what is he sitting there hearing as he recovers that his sister, this is what Varys is telling him in this moment, that his sister tried to have him killed, right? That Sir Mandon Moore tried to kill you on your sister's orders and that if it weren't for Pod's quick action and bravery, Tyrion would be dead. Now, you know, book readers know that show Tyrion got off lucky here. Yes. He's got his nose, man. He's got his nose. He's still looking handsome. He's still looking good. But Tyrion looks effed up. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it could be worse. Could be worse for show Tyrion. But what, how can you feel good about this monumental city yeah. and family and dynasty saving achievement when you're shut in this fucking cave to die in basically and Varys even says you know there are many who know that without you the city faced certain defeat the king won't give you any honors the histories won't mention you but we will not forget that sucks to hear it sucks that's brutal eat drink fuck live eat drink fuck live Sansa it's absolutely heartbreaking the 
that moment of happiness where she cracks, she walks away, trying to act as if she's heartbroken about this. She's no longer going to be married to Joffrey. And then she cracks that smile and then boom, little fingers there. Uh, Okay, she survived one phase of this war. There's more to come. Now you don't have the value that you once did. Right. Joffrey can kill you. But you you. can still be used. You can still be used in ways that Joffrey sees fit. Only he, only there's that that thin veneer, that fig leaf of you are his queen, you are his rightful queen. It's not there anymore. You can disappear now. This is a tough, tough lesson to learn quickly. Thinks she won the battle briefly there. Very briefly. Very briefly. Littlefinger, he's given her these these bits of counsel, you know, look around, you were all liars here, every one right. of us is better than you. Every single manipulation is a battle of sorts for Littlefinger. You know, the war, the the end game for him, it's control, it's power, it's feeling like he beat all these people who crushed him under their boots for his entire life. And he did win a battle here, a yep. big one. Yep. He's the engineer of this new alliance. And what's the irony, of course? What does he get? What is his reward? It's the thing that Tyrion promised him and then ripped away from him in his deception, the mm-hmm. marriage plot earlier in the season. You know, that Joff says, for your good service and ingenuity in uniting the houses of Lannister and Tyrell, I hereby grant you Harrenhal. And little fingers, like, you just you see his, the, the pant tent rising. You <laughs> honor me beyond words. And then he makes a little quip about how he's got to acquire some sons and grandsons. But this is a huge moment for him. It's a huge breakthrough. And yet we see, even in this, this battle-winning moment for him, what might be his one downfall in the war? It's this affection, this true love That's and vulnerability right. he has for Kat, for Kat and, by extension, Sansa. He says to her, you know, you, he gives her another, you remind me so much of your mother, and for the love <laughs> I bear for her, I will help you. Speeches that is, you know, going to put them on an interesting road together. And you know, Varys, always his foil, always his foe. You know, he is, what would he have us believe? What would he have everyone believe? He's the one person fighting for the realm, right? Someone must. That's what he said to Ned. He's not, he doesn't give a shit about the Lannisters and the Tyrells. He knows that when he's looking around at all those people play acting in the throne room, Littlefinger still one of the most dangerous people on the board. If he didn't know what Littlefinger was about before, or, for, or at least if he didn't have the shape of what Littlefinger planned, he can just look at this and right. say, okay, who came out looking pretty good here? It's got Littlefinger, his little fingers all over it. Uh, he's uh, all of a sudden raised to Lord of Harrenhal, all its attendant lands, titles and incomes go to him in perpetuity and to his sons and their sons till the end of time. Um, this guy's a player. Yeah. Look at what he's done in a very short amount of time. So, of course, approaches Roz, makes her the kind of deal that uh, you can't say no to. You know, you can be a potential partner of me. You, right. He sees you as a collection of profitable holes. <laughs> Charming. How about this? We get in, you know, we get together. It's a partnership. Yeah, I'm not interested in holes. And, you know, she's uh, she's terrified of Littlefinger. And he, Varys really gives her the hammer part of the deal. You should be. He's dangerous. But everyone has their weaknesses. Your current employer hides his very well, but not as well as he thinks. I'll protect you. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's a partnership. I, we can prosper together. I will protect you, unlike him. John, 
at this point in the story, he's really one of the, it's it's a weird thing that he is in this position, but he is one of the characters who's actually most fully aware of how the short game impacts the long game, how those things are connected, because that's what the half hand in a very concentrated period of time here has managed to teach him, you know, as the half hand is dying. Your traitor father teach you that. (laughs) But as the half hand is dying, he says to John, we are the watchers of the wall. It's that final push, you know, that final reminder that this, this is not it. This one battle is not it. There is a very long road ahead. He has to get in with Mance. He has to embed. One soldier in the army can do more than a thousand on the wall. So he's trying to just tell John in his own way, not about the battle. It's about the war. If there's a moment where Rob lost the war, even though he doesn't realize it yet. Yes. Even though he's never lost a battle, it's eloping with Talisa. He angered the wrong guy, crossed the wrong guy. Walder Frey, extremely dangerous human being because he has no compunction about going back on anything that he says. Um, And his mother tries to warn him about that. Listen, Rob, you're king, man. You're king. You can do what you want. He doesn't listen. Walder Frey is a dangerous man to cross, she tells him. I know that, and you mean to do it anyway. I love her. This is the stupidest shit, Rob. What the fuck are you doing? (laughs) And then really the best advice, I think, personally, that Kat uh, gives in in her entire – in every appearance she has, this is the best piece of advice she has. She says, you agreed to it. You gave him your word. Treat your oath recklessly, and your people will do the same. That's – really good counsel. I mean, like right. above anything, Walder Frey is a piece of shit, but you're the king. You have right. to do what you said you were going to do. But Rob is kind of I love her. petty and narrow-minded. He's I just, don't want him out of the Frey girl. <laughs> what is Rob's response to that very, very sage wisdom? See? He says, the only parent I have left has no right to call anyone reckless. He's Dagger. literally pulling an "I'm rubber, you're glue." And on by the her. way, he's he's kind of he's got a point. But like, it doesn't matter. He does have a point. But the yeah. fact that she fucked up is not grounds for him being foolish. Right. That's a really stupid way to rule. It's the kind of stupid thing that Theon would yes. do, honestly. Yes. Right? Well, she did it. Yeah. Of course, unsurprisingly, who saw this coming, guys? Losing the battle and losing the war, right? Lewin is saying, run. Yes. 500 Northmen wait outside the wall. You have 20 men. You cannot win. The Ironborn are reavers and raiders. They're not stayers. Right. Too far from the sea. Yes. Too far from the sea. Can't even hear it from here. He fucked up majorly because he didn't have a single person who was actually loyal to him. And a lot of people, you know, tried to put wise words into his head. He wouldn't hear any of it. He really needed a Jorah, a trusted advisor who could turn to him and Lewin say tried right what Jorah said end, yeah. to Danny. You know, no one can survive in this world without help. Lewin does try. He tells yeah. him, take the black. Run Yara, to the wall. Yara too. What, what's he afraid of? He's afraid that John's going to kill him, right? right? He's also afraid that if he runs, he'll be the Greyjoy who ran, the shame of our family. He's still, even in the throes of defeat, all he fucking cares about is his reputation and perception. Legacy. It's brutal. You know, uh, really one touching moment between Theon and Lewin <laughs> when he says you're not the man you're pretending to be. Right. Not yet. Yeah. And Theon's response there is so telling. You may yeah. be right, but I've come too far to pretend yeah, you to can't be anything else. And it's very interesting, the thing about the Greyjoy who ran. These are... Uh, 
these would be concerns that you would have as a notable figure in this realm, not just winning or losing a battle, but what they will say about you down through the ages. You know, you Torin Stark knelt before Aegon the Conqueror, and now he's to- the, the king who knelt. And that's forever. Right. Hey, guys, just a quick break to tell you about our sponsor. Binge Mode is brought to you by DirecTV Now. Live stream your favorite channels on virtually any device. Plus, you can subscribe to HBO and start watching Game of Thrones today. And now, back to binge mode. Rob says to Talisa, like, he doesn't care what they... It's not about the songs for right. him. It is about the songs for right. Theon. And Very much about the songs. Both kind of... Fuck up. Yeah, so. it's not. It's not. Well, I think you know the interesting thing is you know the, the secret is you have to be aware of how you're perceived, but you can't be ruled by that fear. It's interesting. Arya, not quite ready to go all in mm-hmm. on. Uh, I am a hundred percent of a killer. Um, you know, she wants to learn from Jockin. She's learned the secrets of the dancing masters to an extent. And Jockin tells you know to be a dancing master is a special thing, but to be a faceless man that is something else entirely. She so can't good. understand what he's telling her right, right now, and he's really offering her something that, you know, this is like you've been called up to the majors. She doesn't get it though. She's too dedicated to her goal of killing Joffrey, Cersei, Tywin Lannister, Illyn Payne, the Hound. Right. Um, he says, "Hey, you know, you can do. I can the, help you with hey, that. Yeah, offer we him can up. work this." <laughs> Um, names, but she, for the, you know, names for the right guy. Yeah, she's not. She's she's not ready to go all in on war. She thinks that you know I need to go home. She uh, wants to find her family. That's right. She's still. A she kid. doesn't realize fully yet that she's in this war to be a killer. A man has duties as well. All right. Of course, there is still the greatest war of all. That's right. Which reveals the pettiness and the insignificance of all of these human squabbles. We are talking about the White Walkers, folks. They're here. But before we run for shelter behind the nearest boulder, let's give everyone a better sense of where this is, where these people are, where are Sam and Co? Where do they find themselves? And what is the history at play in this part of the world? We got Little hints, a lot yeah. of hints throughout the season. A little, some emo shit from John when he's talking. <laughs> they were afraid. Let's assemble the conclave, head to the citadel, and learn everything we need to know about the fist of the first men. So the fist of the first men is an ancient, ancient ring fort built by the first men in the days even before the wall. And it's really nothing more at this point than a collection of like tumbled down ruins in a in a concentric ring um, shape. Um, and like most battles that have taken place over seasons one and two, the White Walker attack on the first men takes place off screen. It's an epic fight in the books and one that adds some interesting context and connective tissue between the season two finale and season three. So we're going to talk about it. While John was busy chasing Ygritte hither and yon and being frog-marched to, Yant- to Mance's camp, Lord Commander Mormont was overseeing preparations of the Fist. He was having you know, stakes and palisades put in. He was uh, sprinkling caltrops, which are these kind of like um, little spikes, little spikes that are meant to impale the feet of men and horses. He's uh, spreading those all over, the, over, over the, the slopes of this hill. And once this was done, 
okay, now we got to figure out how we're going to live here and we got to figure out what we're going to do next. So hunting parties were, were um, set out because um, you got to keep the men fed. Wildlife was extremely scarce, but you know, you got you to look for this stuff. So the environment up there is already really depressing and it's dour and they're facing a huge collection of wildlings that no one no one's ever seen this kind of of size army before under that kind of pressure the normal murmuring of discontents of men in the field it can easily turn into something darker and it does a mutiny starts to brew led by rast who we see we will learn a lot more about him in the following seasons their plan is to kill the lord commander sam and some other notable figures and then just slip away make for craster's keep where they can kind of party for a couple days rest refit get it in with Craster's daughters, probably <laughs> kill them all, steal all his stuff, and then make for the wall where they just want to melt away. The thing, Their their motive, though, isn't just cowardice and criminality, although they are criminals and, and known rapers. They just want to survive. The outcome of this ranging is uncertain, perilously uncertain. Concern among the rank and file about the direction of the mission is steadily creeping towards panic as intelligence from their scouts is coming back. You know, they're saying Mass has a gigantic gigantic army. Nobody's ever seen an army this big. They have 500 wildlings on horseback in Mansa's vanguard. No Night's Watchman has ever seen a dozen mountain wildlings at one time. This is craziness that they're hearing. And meanwhile, uh, that army is coming down the Milkwater. They're inching down right in the Milkwater's path, right in the path of this army is the Fist of the First Man. The wise thing to do would be, let's get out of here, fall back against the wall. That's what the wall is for. The wall is to stop these guys. But the old bear is like, no. Nobody's ever seen wildlings fight in mass ranks before, guys. I'm gonna take my I'm gonna take you guys up around them. We're gonna hit them in the flank the whole time. They're gonna turn away or we're just gonna like cut them up. We're gonna bleed them as they march to the wall. We're gonna make them really hurt. You know, the 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 wildlings, they don't understand uh, mixed infantry tactics. Can they can they use the cavalry to support the footmen, to support the archers? Uh, they don't know how to do this, or at least they haven't done it for hundreds of years. So um, when facing a well-organized, well-outfitted troops, you know, wildlings usually feed. So this is the, what the Lord Commander is counting on. Uh, if you're uh, a rank-and-file soldier, one of the 300, 300 guys, you're hearing, I want you to fight 30,000 wildlings, upwards of 30,000 wildlings, and probably die. <laughs> um, and, you know, the Lord Commander's response to this is, that's why they dress us in black. Not That's not appealing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, that's not a great sell to me. So... Uh, the mutineers think we've got to launch this right now. And just as they're going to launch their mutiny, the horn blows three times. <laughs> White Walker attack. The perimeter gradually starts to crumble against the, the pressure of like dead, dead Night's Watch members on dead horses and dead zombie bears. And the old bear organizes a last-ditch breakout. He puts the horses in front in an arrowhead pattern. They break through the wall and they just head for the woods. Um, in the general direction of Craster's Keep, this kind of straggling force of Night's Watch being harried through the woods by dead dead things. That mutiny, going to have to wait until season three. <laughs> Cliffhanger. Love it. All right. Maester. Yes. A king must keep his word and... That's what I've heard. Binge motors. But I don't want to marry the ring. <laughs> Gotta worship in the church of lightning round observations. So it's time to head to the sept, bathe in the light of the seven, share seven of our favorite insights and observations from this episode, which was full of them. (laughs) 
So you go first. What's number one? When Theon gives his rousing, girls will think of us with their lovers are inside them, speech, he uh, calls out various <laughs> Ironborn members, one of which is Wax. Yeah, who book Wax. readers will uh, know from Dance of Dragons as being the guy who uh, tells Davos where the boys are. And also... Uh, very convenient that his name is Wex and not like some kind of longer name that he would then have to carve into the wall. It's just Wex. Wex. Handy. All right, number two. Tyrion. We're just going to reiterate one more time here at the end what he passed on. It's just yeah. important to take a minute and That's put right. everything in perspective. Perspective is important in this world, okay? What would we do in Pentos? It's a reasonable question. And what does Shay say? Eat, drink, fuck, Live. Now, you said a moment ago that when the old bear is EDFL. saying, we're wearing black, like that's not a great sales pitch. Right. You know what is? Eat, drink, fuck, live. I yeah, like it. Tyrion, dude, you were just like, well, why can't we sail to the god of tits and wine? That's kind of what Shay is offering you here. Come on, Come dude. Come to Pentos, eat, drink, fuck, live. <laughs> All um, right. What about Tywin on that majestic white yeah. courser, that majestic Beautiful. steed just taking a dump it's a lot one of the things i appreciate piles of feces (laughs) gathering (laughs) in the throne room in the presence of the king you can see it though in the background of the shot the whole time like they really the props department did work here or is it a prop how much of that was just like oh the horse is shitting this is great just (laughs) roll on this all right four when brianne and jamie are on the road they're just a lot of chemistry, a lot of natural chemistry. And they come across these men, these villainous men. And, you know, what do you think of these beauties? That's what this lead Stark dude yeah. says about the the three women who lay with lions and were punished with death. And Bran says, I hope you gave them quick deaths. He says, two of them we did. And then shortly thereafter, when Brienne is savagely murdering these men, she eliminates two of them, as she points out. Quickly. Quickly. And then takes her time with that lead dude. Is she stabbing him up the anus? Oof. Through the genitals? Well, that's pretty, it's the close. It's Everything's a thick close blade. together right it's there. It's a thick blade. Getting Something, it all. Yeah. Really relishing the look on his face as she's sliding that blade oh my God. up there. And, you know, it's like watch out Stannis because Brienne is just sitting there talking all season about vengeance she wants it she she is a true oath keeper you know we'll, we'll associate that term with her a lot in later seasons and we see how she keeps her oaths it is savage number uh, five melisandre's sales pitch is basically hey we didn't really lose she uh, takes stannis over to the flames let me show you look into the fire my king look i see fire keep looking do you see do you see my king and he has that kind of he gets that look on his face like wow i see this yeah. And it obviously strikes something deep inside of me. He says, yes. And it's just a fascinating moment because I, I, I just wonder what, number one, what did he see? And who showed it, who really showed it to him? Um, it's an Battle interesting question. Battle in the snow. Battle right. in the snow, right? Maybe. 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 The banners, right. the, his, uh, you know, flaming. Flaming heart. Deer banners with the heart rising above some castle somewhere. Suppose it would be confusing if they all yeah. had the same banners. Yep. Number six, when Rob and Talisa get married. It's beautiful. 
It is lovely. They recite the words father, smith, warrior, mother, maiden, crone. They linger deliberately on the word stranger. I love the way the show does this, reminding you that he is giving away his claim, his army, his family, his castle, his life. He doesn't know it at the time. All of it for a woman he doesn't even know. Shouts to Sam. He's got tens of thousands of wildlings marching at him. He's at a dilapidated ring fort that's thousands of years old. They've got the really crappy, literally crappy duty of, yeah. <laughs> of uh, you know, going around and just, you know, various janitorial work around around the Fist of the First Men. And what does Sam, what does Sam want to talk about? You know, the thing about Gilly that's so interesting, and Ed says, the thing about Gilly that you find so interesting is that she said six words to you. It's harsh, my dude. Let <laughs> let my guy have this. Yeah, it's, You're all gonna die. It's maybe, really so. mean, but he's also right. All right, Melisandre saw Stannis's victory in the flames, right? But we saw something else. We saw our episode ten champion. In each episode, we are honoring the person who played the game the best, advanced his or her cause in the most tangible or awesome way. And this week. The winner of our champion's purse and a prize even more valuable than that. It's Danny. What a baller. Let's just quickly run through the things that she manages to do in this episode. She gets her dragons back. Dracarys. She pulls off her first real... Yeah. You know, she's whispered Dracarys to get right. Drogon to, to roast a meat cube, but this is her first real meaningful command and the first like moment where we see really a mind meld. And all three of them do it. They're like moving over, kind of looking at the target. They're like, oh, wait, did you... What? What's that, Mom? What's that, say again? What's, okay. Mom, do you have urgent business? <laughs> is it urgent? <laughs> do you have urgent <laughs> business? She bests the warlocks. Yeah. She beats the test. She passes this test, this test in the House of the Undying, avoids more than one very considerable temptation. There's the moment where her hand yeah. lingers over the edge of the Iron Throne. What happens if she just reaches out and touches right. that? The, the of course, the most gut-wrenching temptation of all, her family being reunited for a moment with Drogo and with her son, with Rago. And it's such a... It's such a... a you know, almost the crafting of that illusion, if it was an illusion, was all, it's almost evil. And it's just the way that Drogo himself is like, I don't know if this is real, but I don't care. You know, it's, it'd be one thing to be like, oh, this is real. This is right. a real thing. But he, but it makes it so much more nefarious to have Drogo be like, if it's a dream, I'll kill the man. I'll who kill wakes the man me. who wakes me. You know, like, isn't this what we wanted? Right. I don't even know if this is real, but I want to be here with you, man. To be able to walk away from that. Hard. Really very, hard. Very, very, very hard. Have to ask. House of the Undying. How do you feel about the huge book differences? <sighs> the House of the Undying scene, Danny's trials in the book, very vivid, very different, a yes. lot more specifics. I this think, was heavily criticized at the time. Yes. It's a disappointment because it's it one is. of the most, it's one of the most compelling and like rich Absolutely. text to parse and break down. It's basically a roadmap in a lot of ways for the rest of the series. Now, a couple things are in this, right? When she just when she walks through the throne room yep. and what what is what is she walking through? We know, we know that is the throne room at the ride keep. That's King's Landing. There is no roof. Yes. There is snow and maybe ash, maybe a combination falling into the room. You can't help but, after watching season two, think back to Arya and Gendry arriving at Harrenhal. What can yeah. melt stone like that? Well, could it be dragons? Is this her future? Is this her arriving? And 
it's so exciting to just see that one thing that you kind of can't help but feel cheated out of all the things we yeah. don't get to see. But you have you have theorized before, and you can explain this for everyone who's listening. Sure. It's maybe they didn't have a choice. I think they didn't have a choice. I, you know, it's like the television is just a different. It's just such an it's a medium with very little subtlety. Now, uh, one of the visions that Danny has in the books is a feast of slaughtered corpses. You know, just death and destruction over this dining hall, and on a throne is a man with a, a wolf's, wolf's head, head stapled to it, with an iron, wearing the iron crown. It's like Guys. if you show this. Uh, you're basically that's spoilers. You can in in literature, sure. You know this is kind of you know it's like these ideas are forming in your head, and you're not really sure. It, in a tell in a visual medium like television, uh, you'd be like, oh, so right. something happens, Rob, like, right. and you would just know they would give it away. So I think you know it's a tough. It was a it, that's such a cool scene, and I love it's that great. scene in the books. All right, yeah. you're right. All right, it's still great. It's still very beautiful, guys. Theon hasn't had a good fucking weeks. And we have not had a good break in 10 episodes here. So we are going to take a quick pause here, regroup. We hope that you had as much fun as we did with season two. We had an absolute blast. And we really, really are excited to dive into season three. It's a favorite of both of ours. Very, very, like, just really just a lot of Brian and Jamie to talk about. Oh we cannot God. wait. We're really excited. So we will be back in one week with all 10 episodes for season three. Please join us then. We'll start with season three, episode one, Valer Dojeres. Until then, remember, we'll love you from this day until our last day. Girls will think of us with their lovers inside them. Special thanks to our producer, Zach, who is the lover inside of all of us, as well as Bill Simmons, Colin Orcutt, and Joseph Fuentes. Thanks, guys. You're the best. Thanks, George.